0: Okay, halacha in modern settings, and nothing is more controversial than this topic, because we have some, even in my own family, we have some diehard feminists, and um I wanted to give a, this, since this is a very unique halachic class, it, perhaps one would argue that this is more Hashkafa, but this is the chuva, the whole shir is based on tshuvas of Moshe Feinstein, which is definitely Igras Moshe, Volume 4, Responda 49. It is definitely a clear, clear, sensitive halakhic issues, which I believe probably never in the history of Kali Yisrael so was this Shir so important. Because just what, like we were learning in the Mesilat Yesharim a few minutes ago, There's certain aspects of our religion and the Torah where motive makes it or breaks it. As the Gemara and Chagiga says, there's a fine line between heaven and hell. And it's the size of your hair. As thin as a hair. So, um, I I just wanted to say that today's topic is obviously is feminism kosher or is it apicorsus, heresy, um I just want to say that after twenty-five years of uh sometimes more, sometimes less, trying to do Jewish outreach, as many, many people in my family and circle of my old friends are not religious, I've come to a conclusion that learning halakha with people is marvelous, especially from my old community in Santa Monica. But when it comes down to it, if people don't have the right outlook on how to respect the rabbi and understand really how the oil of works, right? To be in the in the right, know what gedolim are and Da Torah is, and have the right hashkafa, it's very hard to build any substantial, long lasting um, relationship with Hashem because you're really not in the derech. You're not really. In the society, which has proved itself over the last 50 years, it's, it's doubling every 10 years, the amount of Torah true Jews. As a Chasheva Rosh Hashim in Nele said, the outside world is so empty that people that use a little bit of their brains realize how real and authentic and soothing to the soul and meaningful the Torah is. It's a growing industry. And Baruch Hashem, we've had over a million balai Chuva in Israel and America in the last uh, 45 to 50 years. Which just shows you that the Jewish soul knows the truth and is willing to make revolutionary changes in his life, as I did. And so many of my friends did to come to the truth. But to get to the truth, you need to know the hashkafa. What's the right Torah outlook? We don't dance to the music that modern Hollywood or anti-God intellectuals decide one day to wake up on the wrong side of the bed and start putting poison in our minds that men are women and women are men and trans and mans and pans and, and all this other nonsense. So, Chaim Brisk, The second issue I wanted to bring out is that Rav Chaim Brisk my Rosh Hashiva was always fascinated and that's why I miss him. Unlimited amount of missing him. He was... He brought a very important idea from from Brisk. You know that Brisk was uh, obsessed with the Rambam. And the Rambam brings 13 principles to our faith. Somebody that doesn't believe in them does not have any portion in the world to come. Aye. Maybe somebody was a Tenoch Shanishpa. They grew up behind the Iron Curtain. In some totally desolate place. So they're also considered the Apikoros? So Rav Chaim Brisk, as it's very clear from the Rambam, says it makes no difference. Nebuchadnezzar Apikoros is also Apikoros. Apikoros, somebody that's a heresy by accident, also is a heretic. Ah, he may have an excuse. Hashem will make him a Gilgul the next time that he'll come into a... festival nowadays it's hard to know with so much knowledge on the internet, literally millions of Torah shiurim, right? But it's very clear from the Rambam and the master interpreter and the father of all yeshivish learning, that Chaim Briz says it doesn't matter. Once, a, Even if you're apikoros, a heresy by accident, you're also what? I mean, we have to cry for him, he's nebuch. But in the end of the day, what label does he have? And what's his destiny? No portion. In the world to come. So nebecha Um regarding feminism. I also wanted to give one. I wanted to give my favorite answer before we go into Rab as a uh, preference to the Shir. You couldn't anybody that 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 wants to paint Torah Judaism, orthodoxy, as God halachic Judaism, as anti-female and male chauvinistic. I would say the opposite. There's one simple halacha which disproves everything and in my opinion and this is the answer I always love to give. Judaism this is a famous question that the state of Israel is dealing with every decade and it has very dire and everlasting consequences and that is who is a Jew? Well, the Torah is very clear. Talmudic law And Halacha and Shulchan Arach says it's based on the mother, right? I, maybe the father, is the greatest Torah giant and scholar, as great as Moshe. I'm sorry, if the mother's not Jewish. So the Torah actually discriminates anti the man and says, I don't care who the husband is. Because the soul of the mother, the mother raises the child, the mother... We know now genetically is, gives much more microchondria and DNA comes from the mother. And that could, we could devote another Hashkafa class to that. But the bottom line is, is if the mother's not Jewish, we don't care who the father is, right? It's irrelevant. So that itself to- shows us that the Torah gives unlimited value to our great heroes of Judaism. And we always, we've always, we don't need this modern feminism to give women rights. We've always had Devorah Right, Esther, Sarah, Rifka, Rachel, the Leah, and Rav Sadok brings from the deepest sources of Kabbalah that all the twelve tribes were named by the theme by the mothers of Israel. Right, not by Yaakov. Right, and with that, I just want to give one more disclaimer because this is a very sensitive topic. Mean, we're not talking about feminism that advocates that women should have basic um human rights and civil rights, like they should get the same pay as men. This has nothing to do with that. This is not even the subject of the Rashi. Of course, anything that's common sense and decency, that, you know, um, the value of all life is equal. This Shi'ur of Rav Moshe, based on Rav Moshe Feinstein, and we're also going to talk about my Rosh Shiva, Rav Feldman, in the Eye of the Storm, That's the many halacha question is, Basically, they want to, in 1976, and we're getting into the Shir now, asked Rav Moshe, they want, in Orthodoxy, they want women to act as men, right? They want women to have their own Megillah reading and read the Megillah for men and wear talis and tefillin, right? So w- what we're trying to address here is that in the practice of Judaism for thousands of years, based on very sound halakhic sources, Right There's a way that we run our synagogues and there's a way that we teach Torah. So is it appropriate for women to daven, come to shul and say, hey, I want to start wearing a talis, right? So the rabbi of Boston asked Rabbi Moshe Feinstein this and we'll start with portion A. Rabbi Moshe says it's very, very important to know that if we want to reverse how we practice Judaism and for example, start letting women um, wear talit and tefillin, that first of all, we have to know, the foundation of Judaism is, our pure religion is, that the entire Torah, whether the oral Torah, right, or the written Torah, God dictated every word and every halacha to Moshe Rabbeinu, and we cannot change anything. Times could change, but the Torah is like that timeless um, clock, right? We don't, we can't. One day wake up and say we want to make a twenty-five hour day or make eight days in the week, right? The Torah is timeless because just like God never changes, the Torah and the Jews can never change because they're all one. The Zohar says, right? Yisrael ve'araita. And we can never, Rav Moshe gives an introduction to the Shuvah that whether to be lenient, maybe nowadays we could be more lenient or be more strict, right? Because some feminists may argue that, hey, why why are you against us? We're trying to do more for God, right? So, times have advanced, so let us change our Missairah, our tradition, and the halacha. So Rav says that there are many rabbinical decrees because the rabbis didn't want us to assimilate. I mean, even, even with this, all all these um, tikunim, we cannot add new right. So as a preference, Rav says here: Can we add new um, halachot to make fences? No. This after the Sanhedrin, no. So point number two that Rav Moshe makes is is that the, the foundation of this shir is based on one simple fact. The reason why women are not counted as a minion or many of these things is based on the fact of there's two types of mitzvahs, right? Mitzvat Aseh Shazaman Gerama which means Unless there's an exception to this rule, like Pesach that's coming up in the next few weeks, any mitzvah that is time-bound, women are what? Patur. Patur exempt from. Shabbat is an exemption to this rule, right? Because we learn Shamar Vazachar, they have to keep, right? They have to do Kiddush. But like, we, I'm, I give a class every day on the uh, practical mitzvahs of the Chaim, since Tefillin we don't do at night, right? Talit we don't do at night. So women are what? Patur, even Shema Yisrael has a time limited, women are what? Patur, the, the custom is is that since it's so important to accept the yoke of Hashem and know there's one God, women do it. But they're not obligated to. Now, the the issue is why did God exempt the women, Rabbi Moshe says. So he says there could be many Kabbalistic deep reasons, which gonna, we're going to mention a few, because We want to, but we ultimate do not, does God, did God in the oral Torah tell us why women are absolved, exempt from these mitzvot? No. So can we argue that now that the Torah, the times have changed, the Torah changes? No. Right? So he says, and it's not only that, it's the fact that the Torah exempts women from these mitzvot. And the Chachamim also say you're exempt, right? Now, Lahamin, we have to trust God on this one. That there's some very deep and essential mitzvot. And another argument the feminists were making was, well, there's so much wealth now. Before, women didn't didn't have enough money to buy tefillin or a talit, right? Because people were dirt poor, they didn't have enough food. So now maybe we should change the Torah because there was much more money in the world. And now we have maids to raise our children, right? So the Abu it's true, it's brought down in the Rishonim. One of the reasons that women are exempt from Mitzat as man grub is for Shalom Bayit. Because let's say a woman have to daven three times a day and go to shul and daven shacharit and put talit tefillin. Who would take other kids? Nobody. So don't, so I saying, don't come and use that argument to say that since there's so much money and affluence in the world, now we could start turning the Torah and our religion, the way we practiced it for the last 2,000 years, upside down. Because there's a much deeper rule. And this is why those feminists, they've missed the boat. Aisha Torah explains this in the most beautiful way in their book, The Eye of the Needle. They say, let's say you have the latest Tesla, right? And this is actually a true story. They say, would you would you trust your maid that doesn't um, just got her license to drive it for four or five hours to San Francisco and back? Most people would say no. But on the other hand, you entrust the life of your child. I want to bring something out here because I do have 20 years experience as a rabbi and I had some very interesting people in my congregation because I used to have a congregation with around a thousand people. Now it's true that some of them only showed up once a year, but I did end up having to do their bar mitzvahs and funerals and I, I always liked to be very brotherly and friendly and treat my congregants like my family. I just I just want to say one thing. To all those people that want to diminish the role of a mother. But Moshe Feinstein very really clearly says that it's a human nature that in all of biological creations, right? Even animals, mothers take care of what? Their baby and they nurse their baby. Right? And they're better at doing it. Because, men Mr. Mom is a disaster. The caring, the architect and creator and engineer of us human beings is God. And he puts specific loving characteristics in the mother that they're specifically engineered to foster that love to raise his children. And since these mitzvot are, it doesn't matter. That there's more money and there's maids in the world. Rav Moshe Feinstein says that this is the most glorious and honorable job, and that's why God gave the Torah first to women, right? To, to they are in charge, like the Rabbeinu Bachaya says. That's why it says in Mishlei Shmam benin <inaudible> Musara Ba'Al tosh torat That love. Of, of the mother for teaching the son Shema, teaching the son Modani, right? The father's always at work. Right now, many of my friends should have been here with us. They're going to watch the class later, but they've been, they need to work to late hours. They're surgeons, they're CPAs, right? Who's always with the children? Now I mentioned about my congregant. I have a congregant and I don't want to say her name. Maybe she would take offense to it, but it's very important to bring out the point of Rav Moshe. Because I told you I had like a thousand congregants. She's one of the top um, computer programmers in the world. She has probably given over a few hundred lectures to different universities. She's a professor at CSUN, California State University. She's written many of the textbooks that they study in universities to become computer programmers. And she said, Rabbi... Even though I'm one of the most prestigious people in my field, I I regret that I didn't become a mother. You understand? Which means we're very silly and naive to think that we could change nature. That's why people become suicidal and depressed. When you want to be something that you're not, and think that superficial glory and fame would make a woman happy... I would love for anybody to send me in the comments. There was a New York Times bestseller. I used to read, um, Forbes and Fortune 500 and I it was mentioned in one of the Kirov seminars, the Asia or Sameach. It proves this point. They interviewed like a hundred of the biggest female CEOs that never got married. And guess what? None of them were happy. It's true. Once you go to Wharton, business school and get an MBA and you think you're a big shot and now you're the CEO. But if they don't have a family, they're not content with their life. And that's what Rabbi Moshe is saying. So he says, now this is the punchline of the sheer. We wanted to understand whether feminism is heresy, apicorsus. So let's listen to what Rabbi Moshe says. Rabbi Moshe says that even if the times have changed and people have more money, Anybody that says the rules of the Torah should change, even a rabbinic rule is Apikaris, right? He's out. He has no future with the Jewish nation. He has no place in the world could, to come. And I want to read it verbatim, because it's so eloquent and stark. Rabbi Moshe finds in the of I have a friend, he's a Rosh Hashiva. He told me that he believes the greatest rabbi, not only in Halacha, but Rabbi Moshe also has a sefer called Dibras Moshe, in Pilpul. He says there's nobody like him in the last 200 years. So we, it's hard to imagine us mere mortals, how great what Moshe Feinstein was. Not only his Torah, his humility, his devotion to, to, to answer the most complex and to be the God of Lador. So he says any war that feminism wants to rage on the Torah, to rip it apart and change it and make it upside down, it's they can't. Even if the whole world is against us, we can't change anything, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein says. And he says, women that are stubborn and they want to say that since the there's more affluence than maids in the world, right? Now we should change. The Torah should change. Let's read what Rabbi Moshe Feinstein says. He says, They're considered heretics. Apikorsim. Why? Because he bases this on the Rambam, What Moshe says. In Hilchot Teshuvah, chapter 3, halacha 8. There are three people that are considered denying the Torah and have no place in the future world. A person that says even one word of the Torah, Moshe wrote it on his own accord, not from. That disqualifies a lot of the... Yeah, I was about to say it. The second person... A person that denies the the interpretation of Chazal and say the Torah Shabbal Pe is corrupt. It's not from Moshe. Okay. all this down? Yeah. Wow. Go look it up. Chapter eight in his Choteshuva. Chapter three Halacha eight. Yeah, chapter three Halacha eight, and the third person. Somebody that says, you know, it changed since times changed. We could change the Torah, right? So any of these three people is what a koifer. He denies the Torah, and I guess what? If you, the Torah is our key to eternity. So if you, if you don't, if you deny the Torah, you have no place in the next world. And listen to what Moshiach says. So, so he says, Rab says a fascinating khidish here. He says, and I want to read it verbatim because it's very fascinating. He says, even if you want to say, right, like the Christians, why the Christians, kaifrim, and we have to sacrifice our life and die and get burnt at the stake and not say, because they say, now you don't need to do brismila, right? If you say that Hashem changed the Torah, are you a what? What are you doing? We hold, lo, like in Yigdal, we say, Hashem is not, Hashem is above time. The second Hashem created the world, He saw it till the end of Mashiach's time, right? Hashem never changes. Hashem is not your, your brother or sister or your mom or your daddy. Hashem is a trillion times greater, right? So somebody, the third category is, is somebody that says, "Yes, once upon a time there was a mitzvah to put tefillin." Now, Nowadays, so Ramiya says a fascinating chidush, which makes a lot of sense. He says, if somebody says the same thing about nature, the way Hashem created the nature of people. He says, if somebody now says, Kol he says, somebody that now says, mankind now has the ability to change the role of man to woman and woman to man. And moms don't need to do their job anymore. Even though Hashem decided to give them, trust entrust them with Torah. Because remember we said, that the mother is the key to everything. If she's Jewish, she, the kid's Jewish. If not, because she gives the midot, and we know, character counts. Midot is more important than what? Even the Torah. Because if you don't have das, it says, and he says, therefore, by you saying that time, since times have changed, now we have permission to change the natural roles of mother and father, and there should be no such things as mothers, right? And mothers are not obligated anymore to give the Torah to their, to, to, to be the number one caretaker of their kids. This is considered apikorsut, and that's really the basis of feminism, that says anything men could do, women could do better, and men should, women should be like men. And the natural way that God has created, right? Um, men is um, inferior to women. So since women could do it better, women should just um, quit their job of being mother, even though that's the most important and glorious thing, right? To raise the future generation of human beings. And we see the consequences of feminism, my Rosh Shiva Rav Weinberg said. It's no coincidence, by the way, that the society with the most suicide and depression and trans and homo came after the society that created feminism. Because when women don't respect the men anymore, right? And they want to wear the pants and say, we're better than you, right? So that natural balance of the way Hashem wanted to create the family, which is their mother and father, right? Anybody, Rav Moshe is saying something important. Hashem wanted, and the Rosh Hashivas that saw Rav Weinberg explains this a bit better, just going with Rav Moshe's word. You wanna make a new society, a new world order, that there's no such thing as mother and father, right? And since we have more money now, right? Father should be disrespected and not cherished anymore and thrown in the trash. And now mothers are everything and mothers could just, you know. The, the way that the, the, the mothers inculcated their children with fear of heaven, right? And Torah and midot, that's not important anymore. But Moshe says, you're, that's worse than the Apichorsis that the Rabbah is talking about. Because you're not even trying to change the Torah, right? You're going even deeper. You're going against the the way, you want to change the way Hashem created the world, right? You want to reverse the roles. And since the Torah is eternal, he says, first of all, that, um, you're basically saying the Torah is not eternal. The Torah couldn't predict the fact that one day there will be so much riches in the world. He says, by you having this philosophy, you're going against one of the fundamental, many fundamental scriptures that says the Torah is what? Eternal. Now he says, getting back to the halachic perspective of this, he says, theoretically, a woman that wants to wear a talis, as long as it since for the last 2,000 years, males have been, we know, Toswat Paskins, that women could make a, a bracha on mitzvahs that they're exempt from, that are time-bound, right? Mitzvahs as, as a graba, like lulav. The chida also holds that for, even for svaradim. Rabbah vehemently argues that Sephardic women should not make a blessing, but women do do some mitzvahs that are, they're exempt from, from like listening to the shofar, right? or shaking the lulav, or sitting in the sukkah. So, one could innocently say, what's so bad about a talit? Okay, you want to say that if I wear a male talit, I'm going to be making myself similar to a man. Okay, I'll go wear a pink talit, right? A a different species, I'll put four corners on it. What's so bad about that? So first of all, according to the Sephardim, it is a problem. Because there's a fundamental machoik is toysis and the Yonatan ben Uziel. Do you know how to, Yonat Targum Yonatan ben Uziel, the greatest student of Hillel, translates the Pasuk of a man should not wear a woman's clothing? He says a woman should not go out with tefillin or sissit. Because that's the stamp of a what? A man. Of a man. So he says toysis argues on this Targum ben Yonatan ben Uziel, says... As great as Tosfos was, we love Rabbeinu Utam, we love the Ri, we love all the Tosfos, but <laughs> we, our Sephardic custom would say, with all due respect to Tosfos, we're going to follow who, Atana, <laughs> which was not just any Tana, any bird that flew over his head would burn. He was the holiest of Tanaim. He was the prime student of who Hillel. Which all the Halakha of the all the Torah we have, we 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 follow who in halacha Hillel. So it would make sense to follow Hillel's best student. And holiest students, right? But even if you would argue to say that, okay, well, we should Ashkenazim should not should should uh, throw away the opinion of Yonatan Ben Uziel, which is the holiest of holy, is the Kodesh Kodashim, and and go like Tosfos, because it's clear Tosfos says we don't have to follow this Targum Yonatan Ben Uziel. But then again, the, Rav Masha says the motive of all of all these feminists is is not that they want to get closer to Hashem. And I'll read it verbatim. He says, He's saying, you want to say the Torah not fair, right? Now we're going to make it fair. You rabbis are not giving equal rights to women, right? So now we know better than God and the Torah and all the rabbis. Uh, yeah. And what are we going to do? We're going to make it right. Because you were wrong for the last 2,000 years. This is Apikorsus. He says, this is this is where motive, remember we were learning the Misrah Shisharim, how motive is so important? Well, this is a beautiful example. And let's, let's read Rav Moshe inside. He says, Ein maase mitzvah This is not a mitzvah at all. This is forbidden. This is kfirah. This is heresy. <speaking in Hebrew> because the second you think that to, to, the, 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 you could bring a superior Torah, so you're Christianity. What's the difference between you and Christianity? Did you say the Torah changes? Because you're basically saying, God made a mistake, right? The fact that God exempted women, and the Rabbanan also didn't require women to do all these mitzvahs that have to do with the time, was a big fat what? Mistake! Now we're going to be, we're going to wear, so he says, since the motive is all based on being copycat to the Goyim, which is the greatest tragedy of mankind, Rabbi Victor Miller said, you know, when we God, when He gave us the Torah, He said, to you, Kadosh. You have to be a nation of Kohanim. You have to be a light to the nations, like Yeshaya. We have to. Not that we Jews are superior to the world. We're the teachers of the world. Imagine a classroom that the students, teachers that know a hundred times more than the students become the students, and the students, the four year olds become the teachers." You know why the world is so messed up? Because we Jews have not done our job of being faithful to the Torah and teaching its values and creating this li- supporting this liberal feminism, right? But Moshe is very clearly saying that it is sheker, and we have to fight to the death for Moshe MS for Torah sayem and anybody that wants to think that um, the Torah was mistaken by its setting up as the mother's role. In such a way, is uh, is uh, is uh, it's not the fact that they're doing a mitzvah like shaking the lulav, right? They're symbolically trying to tear up the Torah, mm-hmm. and they're a kofir. And the Rav Moshe just finishes the tshuva to say that it's very clear from all parts of the Torah law, when Hashem gave us the Torah, are women any less holy? No, no, chas <laughs> The Rav Moshe proves this was when, when, when uh, God gave before God gave us, gave us the Torah. Did He say, "Oh Moshe, go tell the women they're second grade citizens"? To the contrary, He says, Yakov, I want to ask the women first. Well, I'm only going to give the Torah if the women accept it first, right? So Moshe is saying this is all this whole this whole idea of even approaching yeah the and concept of women being second class citizens is a very modern concept exactly and throughout history it's never been that way yeah you no know, we Torah we Torah are actually the most progressive because we're the most complete religion That's right. and so Moshe comes and says that chas nowhere in the Gemara in the Torah does it say that the reason why women don't have to do certain mitzvahs the men need to do is the fact that they're less holy anytime in the torah it talks about for example the rambam writes in the laws of a man respecting his spouse his spouses respecting each other it doesn't say oh since the woman is a woman you need to respect her less Adarabah, it says the allah says that you should give your wife the superior goods right yeah if you if you have a, a bentley and a uh, a Toyota Tercel, like my first car, whatever, the the cheap cars, the Gemara says, you should respect her body more than yours. So, same thing by respect, in the laws of Kibbutz Avain. does it say, oh, right? Hey, Mr. Yankul, since it's your mother and she's a woman, you need to give her less respect, and this halakha doesn't apply to you. It, it, throughout, throughout all the laws of the Torah, it's, it, a, very, it's a very modern thing where people say yeah. that just because the two are not exact, yeah, it means that this they're is not this like is it's, it's 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 intellectual modern poison and garbage, libertardism, which is the number one reason for death and destruction and uh, uh, depression. And suicide in the world. There's no reason to fight against the Torah. The Torah has never been and never will be against women. And the Maharal actually goes to explain, I want to bring two Kabbalistic things here just to explain this. And that is, is that, um, the, the Maharal says the reason why women are exempt from all these mitzvot is very simple. He says mitzvah. It's coming to make you close to Hashem. The Zohar says. And the mitzvah is coming to make you complete. But if you're naturally complete, why would you need to do it? If you're already at that stage of being close to Hashem, like why are women not counted for a minion? The Maral says, women are there to bring the Shekhinah, right? We need 10 men to bring the Shekhinah. But one woman is equal to 10 men. There's that much Shekhinah there. Because they're naturally able to give birth. So they, when God wants to bring a soul into the world, He brings it through what? The womb of the mother. So the fact that they're being partners in creation with Hashem, at childbirth, makes them more holy, and that's why they just don't need to do the mitzvah. Because the mitzvahs bring us close to Hashem. So Hashem said, since you're automatically, I the creator of all beings, right? See, that's why Rav Moshe is basically saying this is all kafira. Because if you really go deep into it, yeah. they're saying Hashem made a mistake Ooh, wow. in how He made women. Women should have been engineered to be stronger than men. Yeah, women should. It's we, we we can all agree. I have five daughters myself, right? And and I love them one more than the other, but Rav Chaim Shmulevitz says it the best. He says these people that think this. They want a world with only firefighters and no police. God created certain talents in men, certain talents in women. Now if you want, you're not going to have a balanced and normal world if you want everybody to be feminine, right? Everybody to be like masculine men, right? And the inevitable consequences of that is very messed up children. That's why never in the history of mankind were so many people on pills, right? And Alp uh, Kabbalah, the greatest, they say, is the in- reincarnation of the of the Arizal, the Rashash, That is the most important Sephardic Kabbal- Kabbalist after the Arizal. They say the Rashash is like a Yeah, the Rashash explains. It's also very. Exper- we human beings, and especially the Jewish nation, has ninety nine point nine percent of this burden on its shoulders. We have to be metaken the world. We have to rectify the world. And bring Mashiach, right? Yeah. Through bringing so much light into the world. Because when Adam and Eve, and through the sin of Eagle, which we read in this week's parasha, a lot of darkness came into the world, klipot. So, the reason why certain mitzvot are, um, women are exempted from, is because the um, the fact is very simply that men have a certain tikkun mission to bring Mashiach and light into the world. So there's certain mitzvahs that the soul of the woman, kind of like the firefighter versus policeman, they have a different role. Because they they have to bring a tikkun into the world that, right? It's basically saying, somebody that's physically strong has a certain role in the world, right? To do, for example, um, to be a construction worker. Or like somebody that is, is good at military stuff, he could go work in, in the field of defending people, right? Like asaph God wanted asaph to be like that because he wanted asaph Jacob's brother, to be his protector, right? They should be like Issachar and Zerulim, partners. If God gives you certain talents, that's your role and mission in life to bring that light into the world. So, Alpi Kabbalah. What's going on is is that men have certain mitzvahs that there's three mitzvahs that clearly in halacha it's forbidden for a man to steal from his wife. You know what they are? The mitzvah of lighting the Shabbat candles, and nida. Right. So th- that's why, for example, you'll find in halacha that the Ben says. Staying up the night of Hoshana Rabbah, right? The night, the last night of Sukkot is appropriate for women to stay up, even if they don't need to. But the night of Shavuot, women should not stay up according to Kabbalah, right? Because if you learn the deep Kabbalistic sources, ultimately the reason why we do a mitzvah is to create a certain tikkun, right? Rectification and completion to the world. Now, if by you doing that mitzvah, it's not going to bring the world to rectification. So why are you doing it? That's why Hashem told them they don't need to do it, right? Because that's not their mission, right? By pulling those streams, they're not fixing the world. Yeah. And um, we're going to end this year here. I really wanted to, if you want further modern um, thing, my Rosh Hashiva, the me Smeicha, the Rosh Hashiva of Baltimore, Rabbi Aaron Feldman, you could buy his book on Amazon, as I did, The Eye of the Storm. He in um chapter eleven he talks about all these different halachic problems that flow out of um this feministic um war they have on traditional Judaism. Um what it's gonna lead to is those communities that think that the the Torah can be changed like uh the Rosh Hashiva of Rabbeinu Yitzhak and Rabbi Willick said that right next to, he's also the Rav of Young Israel of Riverdale. In Riverdale over there, the open orthodoxy shul next to him had women reading the Megillah for men. Obviously the Rosh Hashiva says that's inappropriate. And all of this is just going to lead to the same way that the Reform and Conservative don't really There isn't three generations of them, right? Because they die out. It says, Torah Hashem Temima. The the Torah of Hashem is perfect. If we keep it perfectly, we can succeed as the Midrash says in Tehilim. When is it Mishivat Nefesh? When does the Torah soothe your soul? And it has the everlasting effect of Netzach? That we could, we don't have to worry that in this crazy upside down trans world, Right where the media is getting crazier and crazier, and they have more libertard ideas. We don't need to wor- worry for the future of our children. When is the Torah Meshivat Nashesh going to soothe your soul when you keep it completely right? When you start want to start ripping it apart, it's like a beautiful tapestry that you start pulling the string. The whole thing, and I just want to bring one thing that you, one should not think that Chas Shalom it was only Rav that held this position that we give on feminism. Rabbi Um Rabbi Moshe Meisels brings down in Tradition magazine that the Rav, Rabbi Yosef Bersalavechek, right, also held the same way that he was opposed to women having their own Minion and having their own Megillah reading and right, trying to make change the traditional practices of Judaism. As this is one of the classical places that Rav, the Khatam Sofer said, call Chadash Asur Minatairah. If you want to bring in Chadash, new different types of mitzvahs, then that women should start having Talit and Tefillin, right? It's, it's Asur Torah. Just like we can't have Chadash, Hashem should have mercy that there's a terrible, terrible danger to many people that are unfortunately in the wrong crowd of orthodoxy and they may not see their grandchildren, they're playing with fire, they're playing with a nuclear bomb. Because once you start messing with the Torah and taking these radical um, um, detours from traditional orthodoxy and we don't listen to the Gidolim, Right? If if, if, our gedolim, the Torah leaders of our generations, are like the professors, so just like if in your body you start ignoring science and the, you know, the how how to practice for the body, the most clear way the leading scientists and doctors and MDs say the body will die out and you're in extreme danger. Same thing for our soul. So may Hashem have mercy on us that our hashkafa, our outlook of Ju- Judaism, it's of uttermost importance that if we want our Orthodox community to survive, we need to listen to the Gidolim. They're a thousand steps ahead of us. Those that don't will pray the price ultimately, God forbid, that they're, they're going to go off the derech like we've seen so many unfortunately have. But may Hashem keep us on the right derech, and doing the right things, always Amen.